Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we come to that moment in our service where we focus on what your word has to say to us. Our prayer, Father, that as we look at your word, you may speak to us. Your spirit is with us. May we be brave enough to open our hearts and minds to what you have to say so that we may leave differently than we walked in, so that we may know that you love us beyond measure. Speak to us, Father, in your name we pray. Amen. Every day we put our trust in all sorts of things. We drive cars, but we have no idea how the brakes work. We just trust them every day. Others put their trust and their skill in more scary ways. Take a look at this guy. This is the Frenchman Philippe Petit, who in August 19... Not that guy. The next guy. Uh, in August 1974, walked between the then Twin Towers in New York on a tightrope with no safety equipment. He walked the 60-meter gap numerous occasions. Just look at what he's doing. Take a look at the next slide. He's lying down. Well, would you like to spend a night here? Next slide. These climbers are spending the night in the rock faces with only their ropes to hold them. What are these guys putting their trust in? Their experience or their equipment? And just because I couldn't help myself, I want to introduce you to Elaine Roberts, the next one. So Elaine Roberts is a Frenchman who has made his name by climbing high-rise buildings without any ropes. These are people who know what they're about. They know that they've got to put their trust in the equipment, else they will lose their lives. They're pretty sure they know the equipment will hold them. Personally, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't encourage you to do it either. In the story that Dave read to us, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. The story in the Bible and in this gospel is moving on. Jesus has told his disciples about his death on at least two occasions. It's not just the 12 disciples who are with him. There's a crowd following him and listening to his teaching and watching him. Then when this rich man, in other gospels, they describe him as the rich young ruler, comes to Jesus and asks him, what must I do to make sure I get to heaven? Jesus asked him, who or what do you put your trust in? Again, this simple yet profound question is being asked to that rich man, being asked to those disciples, those in earshot, but that yet simple, profound question is being asked of us, those who are Christ followers. Who or what do you put your faith in? What gives you life? What gives you hope? He was questioning all those there that day, us today, are your hearts, the things that you make decisions with, your hope, the things that you put trust in, 
is it in the right place? This man recognized that Jesus is something special. He starts off by addressing him, good teacher. Jesus comes to him and says, why do you say I'm good? No one is good except God alone. If you think about it, it's a really strange exchange. But Jesus is setting the scene. Because again, remember, it's not just the young man who's listening to him. It's not just the disciples. It's the folk who are following him to Jerusalem. He's telling them those, he's telling those there. That he's not just a good teacher, but that he is God. He again affirms who he is and asks those who are there and those who are listening, do you believe that I'm not just a good teacher? Do you believe I'm not just an all-round good guy? Do you believe that I am God? Now, just a, a little warning, or a little, be careful now when we read this story. Some listening to the story, when they read it, they think, ah, oh, dismiss the story, because it's only for those who are wealthy and rich and those who have lots of money. And in some senses, you are right. This story is to tell the wealthy to be careful and ask them, where do you put your faith in? But here is something that we could miss if we don't read the story carefully and get hang up on the, mon- the money in the story. So when Jesus is saying that you can follow me, but before you do that, you must give up all you have to the poor. He's not only speaking to the wealthy. He's speaking to you and to me. He's saying, you see all those things that you hold on to, your pride, your politics, your self-sufficiency, your tradition. You must give that up before you can fully be my follower. None of these things must be more important than me and my teachings. None of these things must be put before me and put in the way of all I ask you. You see, your pride, your politics, your self-sufficiency, everything you do, all your actions must point to Jesus. Therefore, we must all examine our hearts and see this is the case. None of us can do this alone. Sometimes we come to church and we pretend and we go through the rituals of worship and singing and laughter with the children. But do we come to examine our hearts and ask ourselves, is my priority Jesus Christ? I don't want to harp on the, on the wealth in this story, but the folk listening must have thought Jesus was saying something really strange. Because in those days, if you were wealthy, God has blessed you. Surely God has blessed you because you've got a lot of stuff. But Jesus is saying something very different and getting the folk in the time and us today to think. What do we put our trust in? My culture in Cape Town is a very funny culture. Very funny culture. We like making jokes about ourselves and about other people and we like having lots of fun. And when I was working for Scripture Union, um, there was this uh, Scripture Union worker who was even funnier than me. 
And he, he told lots of jokes, and people loved being around him because he was the soul and life of the party. One day, we walked into a, a campsite and uh, or a room, and I found him crying, almost in a little corner, crying. And I asked him, what's going on then? He said, my life is a lie. He had gotten to a point where he couldn't anymore. That he had been coming to church for so long. He had been talking about the gospel, preaching the gospel. People had come to know Jesus. People had loved being with him. But if he really looked at his life, it was all about him. His security was in himself and his abilities and talents. And that he discovered was all meaningless. And he came to a point when he realized that his security, his hope, was not in Jesus, but in himself. Maybe this is why Jesus uses verse 25. If you have a quick look at that. It says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. We can easily say that it's more difficult for someone who is arrogant, who is wealthy, who is prideful. In verse 29, he tells the people to listen, to examine their hearts and see if they are willing to leave everything. Mark 10.29 says, Jesus said, Mark my words. No one who sacrifices their house, their brothers, their sisters, their mother, their father, their children, their land, whatever, because of me and the message will lose out. They'll get it all back, but multiplied many times in homes, brothers and sisters, mothers, children, and land, but also in troubles. And then the bonus of eternal life. This is once again the great reversal. Many who are first will end up last, and the last will be first. Often we look at the story and we glance over it and we think maybe we know what it means, but in that time, in Jesus' time, Family was very, very important. You couldn't live without your family. So to say to give up your family for me, to say to give up your land, your very existence for me, the way you made money, to give up your children, to say I'm going to give up my children for Jesus. You say that Jesus is more important. Shock people because to have children was to say these, this is my future. Without these, I have no significance. Jesus saying, you've got to put your hope in me. In verse 27, he tells us how. He says, Jesus was blunt. No chance at all if you think you can put it all, do it all, put it off by yourself. Every chance in the world if you let God do it. Jesus is saying, if you think you can do this by yourself, you can't. You can only do it if you put your hope and trust and look for help in me. We all need to examine our hearts and ask, what do we put our hope in? Examining our hearts requires bravery. After Moses' death, uh, who was a great leader, the baton was handed over to Joshua, who would lead the people into the promised land. 
He must have been scared asking, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? This is what it says in Joshua 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. If you want to put, want to put our trust in God, we must muster up all the energy we can every day and come to God through prayer and building relationships with Him. And this requires faith and it requires bravery. Examining our hearts requires us to have grace and forgiveness. This requires us to know that when we come to God, when we come to God and ask to put our hope and trust in Him, that He will do that. And He will renew us. And when we fail in that task, He doesn't throw us away and say, you're a waste of space. What He says is, I love you. Come to me. Put your hope and trust in me. If you ask forgiveness, I will make you whole. Jesus asks us to examine our hearts and do so in community with each other. That's why we have church. We examine our hearts together. We come together and encourage one another. We come together to say, I love you. I want to worship with you. Jesus has created this place to do so. Look at, look at what he says in Ezekiel 36. It says, for years what I'm going to do, I'm going to take you out of these countries, gather you from all over, and bring you back to your own land. I'll pour, I'll pour pure water over you and scrub you clean. I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that is God-willed, not God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and live by my commands. You'll once again live in the land I give your ancestors. You'll be my people and I'll be your God. God is calling us and his people to put your hope and trust in him solely. To be followers of Jesus. This Advent, this Christmas, as I pray for Stormont and I pray for you that Jesus may be the reason for the season. So will you examine your heart? Who will you put your hope in? Let's pray. Father God, as you asked that young man many, many years ago, who will you put your hope and trust in? As you ask us that question today, may we examine our hearts and be brave enough to say, I put my hope and my trust in Jesus Christ. If there's anything, Father, in our lives that is holding us back from doing that, may you reveal that to us so that we can give that to you. 
We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for this season. That as we focus on Advent and wait on the waiting for Christmas, waiting for that 25th, when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that you may speak to us. Remind us of your love and your grace and your mercy. In your name we pray. Amen.